Welcome to Mac Geek Cab, episode 937 for Monday, July 18th, 2022. Geekab, the show where we are here to make sure you learn at least five new things. In fact, we're here to make sure we each learn at least five new things. We do that by answering your questions, sharing your quick tips, sharing your cool stuff found, sharing some quick tips and cool stuff found of our own, even sometimes some questions of our own so that we can do all of that. We take all your questions that you send to feedback at MacGeekGab.com. We put them all together into the agenda and then we get together and we learn those five new things. Sponsors for this episode include Coda, where at Coda.io slash MGG, you can sign up for free. Collide, we're at collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com, dot co, sorry. Uh, you can get device security that fixes all your challenging problems and uses Slack. It's, it's actually amazing. And Helix, at helixsleep.com slash MGG. And I am happy to have slept on my Helix mattress again last night. Uh, at helixsleep.com slash MGG, you can save up to 200 bucks off your mattress and get two free pillows. So... We'll talk about more. We'll talk about each of those more in depth shortly. For now, here, back here, after a weekend of fishing, PH fishing, but not looking for your credit card numbers, just enjoying the band fish. Here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in rainy, wet Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Braun. And I think I heard Dave say feedback at MacGeekout.com. I think he said feedback at MacGeekGab.com, but I, I, I don't know, because I'm here in Lee, New Hampshire. It's Pilot Pete. Thanks for having me back, guys. I'm uh, always thrilled to be here with you. Thanks for being back. Yeah. No, this is, it's, uh, it's great to have us all together. We're actually yeah. recording on the same day we'll be releasing the episode, which is rare for us. Yeah. But it's how it goes. Let's, uh, let's stop meandering. Let's get to Jeremy here. Jeremy shares... A nice little quick tip. When in the app switcher, uh, so command tab uh, on your Mac, if you have an app highlighted that has multiple windows open, you can use the arrow keys to drill into the app and then select the specific window you want to bring forward. Very cool. So you, you command tab, you're holding down the command key. You know, once you get to the app you want, you hit the down arrow and boom, now you've got all the windows will just show up. You can pick the one you want and boom, that's the one that comes forward. I have no idea. He that's also, awesome. I know he also points out that you can use the back tick key, which is generally the thing below the tilde in the upper left of the keyboard, AKA right below, sorry, right above the tab key. Uh, that will let you go backwards in the app switcher without having to add shift as a third key down so you can hit command tab and go forward and command back tick to go backwards i think i knew that second one but i had forgotten it my certainly my fingers do not know it and so i will i will add i'm going to add both of these to my repertoire and hope that it sticks so and ah, control tab will switch tabs within a given like if you have multiple tabs open on your browser control tab will switch tabs oh so not the app switcher just 
Oh, what? What? Yeah, right? Oh, and will control shift tab go backwards? It will. Will control back tick go backwards? It will not. Okay. So control tab. Oh, to shift in Safari. Yeah. I love it. Oh, is it only Safari? I don't know. I I, I was just doing it in Chrome. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah. 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 Okay. So in in your, it seems to have been standardized by our favorite browser makers. Amazing. I like it. Yeah. The thing I found interesting was that he mentioned that sometimes he's battling with his mouse between the mouse. So that's a whole, right. That was a completely separate part of his email, which is a question, but since you brought it up, let's, let's bring it up. Um, You got to do it. (laughs) And now we have to do it. Right. I was going to skip that. Um, So what, what he points out is that command tab obviously brings up the app switcher. And 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 as he points out, the tab key will, you know, tapping the tab key will jump to, from app to app. Tapping the, the back tick will go backwards from app to app. However, if once the app switcher is open, you move the mouse intentionally or otherwise and float it over the app switcher bar that sort of appears in the middle of your screen. Now the mouse will take over and wherever you float the mouse, that's where it will land. Uh, and that's the app that will come forward. And so his his complaint or his issue is that this seems to be happening to him unintentionally. And my guess is that he is on a a laptop which has the trackpad right below the keyboard. Uh, I've run into this on my MacBook Air occasionally where I'll hit command tab and then either my hand or something will touch the trackpad and and start to mess with the focus of the app switcher and and he was asking if there's a way to avoid that and there's not uh it's just how it it it's just how you know the the mac works it, it you can't there used to be and I, I think actually may it may still be there there's some protections that apple builds in when you are typing so that the 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 um trackpad becomes slightly less responsive but when you're in app switcher it it actually leaves it on. So I, I don't think there's an answer to that part of it, which is which is why I didn't include it in the show. But uh, or I didn't I wasn't going to include it in the show. And yet here we are. So <laughs> palm rejection. That's it. Brian Monroe. Brian Monroe in the chat room at uh, live.mackeycub.com calls it palm rejection. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think that functions when we're in the app switcher. OK, I just thought I'd bring it up because I've never personally run into it because my cursor is probably never in the same area. So, well, you're probably never, no, that's not why it's that you're never touching your mouse at the same time that you're touching the app switcher. It's that's, that's more likely the the reason, you know, some of those people out there. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cause yeah. Cause you don't, you, well, I mean, I guess, I I mean, you use a laptop, so yeah, yeah, just the way your hands orient on your keyboard is different from the way Jeremy's orient on his keyboard. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just one of those things, but yeah. Hey, you have a uh, you had a a tale of I, I don't do. want to call it a tale of woe. But, uh, no, it really is. But uh, it sort of is, except yeah. it has a good ending. It, it, well, it, so it better better than, better than it could have been. Yeah. Better than it could have been ending. Let's yeah, go with absolutely. that. Absolutely. So about a year ago, my mother in law was. Uh, we were taking our daughter to college, and we were out of state. And my mother in law fell, and she spent the night on the floor. And when 
We couldn't get a hold of her by telephone. We sent the police over to her house, whereupon they found her on the floor and transported her to the hospital. And my wife said, well, you know, if you're not going to have your phone in your pocket or one of those little buttons I've fallen and I can't get up, um, going to get you an Apple Watch, Mom. So we gave her an Apple Watch and she pretty quickly took to it, answering the telephone on it, all kinds of different things. And I was uh, surprised to see that my wife had done this. The other night, we uh, we had just settled into bed, and my wife got a note on her telephone that said, your mother has fallen and emergency services have been called. So my wife called her mother, and she didn't answer. So she hung up and called back, and this time she did answer on her watch. She said, yeah, I'm, I've, I'm in the garage. I've fallen on the floor and, and I can't get up. And she's like, well, the ambulance has already been called. She goes, I don't need an ambulance. I just, you know, need, need you to come help me up. So, uh, well, the ambulance is on the way, mom, they're going to help you up. And she's, well, they can't get in because the door is locked upon hearing this, but before anything else, I'm already dressed and out the door headed over there to get the door open because we have keys. We can get in. Uh, I called 911 and said, I'm on my way, told EMTs to, you know, she's alert, she's conscious, and we're on the way and I'll open the door. I'll be there in eight to 10 minutes at the most. And so they were standing around when I got there and opened the garage door. Wow. Um, she had indeed fallen and was uh, able to break her fall with her nose and her forehead. Uh, so it, it, it's bad. She's still in the hospital, um, oh, but she's she's going to recover. Had she not had that watch on, she would have spent another, and we had no reason to call her because we had talked to her earlier that day. It would have been a long time and possibly hypothermia would have set in on a concrete garage floor uh, in her, in her late seventies. It would have not ended well at all. So this, this saved her life and having it notify somebody else made it even more uh, expeditious that EMTs were able to get to her. Well, and they, and they didn't have to break down her door right. to do so. Like like that having that conversation with her allowed you to set their expectations right. that she's alert. She's not. Yeah. You know, she's not completely unconscious. You know, you don't have to bust in. You know, we'll be right there. And uh, uh, but well, how do you do that though? Right. So it turns out that my wife had set it up properly, and I. I didn't even realize this had to be done, but you go into the watch app on your iPhone Yep. and under emergency SOS, you designate emergency contacts. So not only does it call 911, it sends a text to your emergency contacts, contacts that says so-and-so has fallen. Emergency services Amazing. has been called. So that got us involved right away and allowed us to help expedite. The- yeah, you didn't have to get a call from the EMTs after they had broken her door down. Yeah, yeah. or going, we can't get in or, you know. Sure. Yeah. So so yeah, so if if you have an Apple Watch and an, and an iPhone, um, go into Watch Emergency SOS and, and designate some contacts. Uh, I have my daughter and my wife both because, you know, I've got separate people in separate areas as emergency contacts in the event I fall and need help. Then, yeah. You know, they can right. get people active. Yeah. That's really, I, yeah, I got to do that on mine. I had no idea that that was even a thing. So I am, yeah. I, I am glad to be able to take a positive lesson from this and share it. And I, yeah. I hope everything works out with her too. Yeah, so do I. It's uh, like I say, she's still in, she's going to have to go to rehab. She broke her shoulder, her nose, oh, her eye is swollen shut. It, it's bad. It oh, was man. really bad. But um, I'm um, sorry, Pete. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, she's she's a tough bird, and she's going to get through it. But she's she's a miserable bird right now. So. I can imagine. I'd be miserable yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. expected. That's okay. Yeah. 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 But I mean, when we got there. I don't want to go to the hospital. Just help me up and get me in the house. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, let me, no. let me tell you what I'm seeing. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not an option. <laughs> yeah. And we're all kind of like that. I mean, many of us are like that. It's like, Oh, I don't need to go to the hospital. Yeah. Well, sometimes you do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and of course it was a full moon on a Friday night when I got to the emergency room a little bit later, oh, they were wall to wall people. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Well, coming in on an ambulance, Gives you a different front of the line le- privileges. Front of the line privileges. You got it. Yeah, yeah. I was super happy when I, when my my when it was my gallbladder. Of course, I didn't know that that's what it was. But you know, when I when I finally yeah. went to the hospital and realized I can't like sit in Lisa's car. You know, I need to lay down. And so the, the ambulance took me. And yeah, we went right to the front of the line, which helped. I think I think it's probably the difference between me having surgery that day and and you know weeks later, even perhaps because. I was not smart enough to do that when my gallbladder went a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I had rode in the car. That's not fun. (laughs) All right. Um, thank you for sharing that Pete. And I I really hope she does. She, she recovers quickly. Yeah. With any luck, that'll help save somebody else. Some heartache. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all going to do this now, man. Yep. Yep. Uh, thank you. So again, it is Apple watch app. You go into SOS, Emergency SOS. Emergency SOS. Thank and then down, you have to scroll down a good bit, and there's emergency contacts near the bottom. And designate your emergency contacts. And any it, it will only, obviously, it can't send it to a landline. But it sends a text message. Okay, got it. Got it. So, okay. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Cool. Yeah. I don't even know how to transition from that, so it's going to be ham-fisted. Uh, this is going to be a Casey Kasem with a down downbeat song or an upbeat song. I got down- nothing. I can't do that. So uh, I am just going to say that we are doing another uh, – it will be, a, a like I said, a ham-fisted transition. We're doing another Hangout, uh, in, and we'll do it in our Discord room, most likely – uh, that's certainly where we'll start. If Zoom winds up being better, we'll just move to Zoom. But it will be on Sunday, July 31st at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, we are always looking for the best time for these things. But for the next one, this is when we'll do it. Uh, so it'll be Sunday, July 31st at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And we will be talking about all things Synology. Bring your questions we will it, this is this is an interactive hangout this is a conversation it's not a presentation so bring your questions everybody can have their their camera and their mic live if you want to or you can be a fly on the wall and just absorb there's nothing wrong with that but but feel free to communicate and and have some fun with us uh and uh yeah we'll we'll be talking about all things synology Disk stations will be the, let's say disk stations and routers. We generally go an hour on these hangouts. And I say generally having only done one of them, but, but we've carved out an hour for it. So, uh, so we'll, you know, we'll have some things to talk about if nobody brings any questions in, but I have a feeling we won't need to, to use our lists because I have a feeling everybody's questions will, will be, uh, will be good. Yeah. So, uh, you find that at MacGeekUp.com slash discord is is how you can join our discord chat and i encourage you to join that um we've got i think over 500 people in there now and it's like the conversations are fantastic so ooh, ooh, i have a question yes Pete. i was so bummed that i missed the plex hangout yes 
Is it recorded? Is it anywhere? Or is I did. It I did off, not. Off to the ether. Yeah, it's off to the ether. I did not record the Plex Hangout for two reasons. Number one, Discord does not have an inbuilt functionality to do so. Zoom does, and so yeah. I could have recorded it if we if we had used Zoom. I also, I, well, you and me and John, we're all used to having our stuff recorded for posterity forever on the internet. Fair enough. Yeah. I know that not everyone is, and so I didn't want anyone. I didn't want to add to anyone's discomfort and discourage anyone from participating because they didn't want to be part of some, you know, permanent thing on the internet. So we did not record it. Now, you know, somebody could have somebody somebody could have recorded it. It is it is you know a thing that happened. I don't. But we're we're family here. I don't think anyone did. So I I think I'm going to keep it that way for the next one on Synology, and we can have that conversation during it too. And you know, these are meant to be. Hangouts, not publications, if that yeah. makes sense. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. No, it's Fair a good enough. question. I yeah. Well, I just I was bummed that I missed the plex. I know. I know. I and and so yes, I know. <laughs> yep. We can do another plex one. Like there's nothing stopping us from doing that. Right. So come to Discord, request it, it, you know, join the conversation there and, and let's have some fun. So doing it now. Great. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Anything on any of that? Any quick tips from you, John, before we move on to maybe some cool stuff found here for a little bit? Yep. All right. Perfect. I'm going to take a sip of my tea anyway, though, even though I didn't really have time to. Yeah. Well, you we're know. just going to ham fist this thing all the way through. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we will move on to Greg, who has a great little tip from uh, from last show. He said, Craig warned us about the YouTube subscription and where and to buy it directly on the web and not in the app via Apple's in-app purchase to save some money. He says, he says, uh, but speaking of YouTube and not having to watch commercials, there's another extension called vinegar tube cleaner, which is awesome. If you watch YouTube in Safari, because it's a Safari extension that replaces the YouTube player with a minimal HTML video tag. It removes ads restores pictures in picture and keeps videos playing in the background. Uh, so we will put that uh, on the cool stuff found list and you can find that in the, uh, in the show notes at MacGeekup.com. So thank you for that, Greg. Good stuff. You have to play with that. I know. Yeah. That's one of those that, you know, we, we talk about a lot of these things, but that was one where it was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go put this in right now. So. Doug told us about another thing called Raycast where at Raycast.com it is an enhanced spotlight replacement, if you will. And, and he says almost a command line replacement. He says he has Raycast installed and has it mapped to command space. Um, he says uh, you can set aliases for specific files it uh, it's a it's an ex, it's a launcher. It lets you share common links. It, I'm I'm really not. It, it's a productivity enhancement. It's how they how they advertise this. Um, I'm I'm still not. So I I think Doug's comment that it starts as a spotlight replacement is probably how most of us would start to use it, and then. We you can start to use things like the quick links in there, floating notes in there. You can link shortcuts to it. So it's one of these things that that it's got a calculator in it. 
clip. It does have a clipboard history in it. So there you go. You've got little text snippets in it. So it's one of these, it's a productivity utility that, that does lots of different things. But I think the entrance point of treating it as an, a spotlight enhancement or an enhanced spotlight replacement might be the way to start. And it is available, obviously, um, for Mac. I, I saw you can install it with Homebrew if you want, but, uh, but it's, it's there at Raycast.com. So I, this is one of those things I have a feeling six months from now, one of the three of us, one or more of the three of us is going to be like, wait. Holy cow. Do you know how what this thing can do? I, 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 it, they, they aren't doing a great job of selling us on it because I think it does so many things. The developers of it know how they use it. And so they're not saying use it for this one thing and then let the, the halo effect sort of bring you everywhere. But I'm, I'm curious about this one. So if anybody's using Raycast out there, let us know feedback at MacGeekUp.com. I'd love to hear about it because I have a feeling this is going to be one of those things that, you know, kind of like Keyboard Maestro, uh, you just, you know, once you start in with it, it's like, whoa, 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 you can't take this away from me. So I don't know. Right. Hazel's been that way for me. Uh, Hazel's another. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All of a sudden you find it's doing all kinds of stuff. Right. Right. What do you think about this, John? Um. Yeah, I'm with you. At first, when I looked at it, I'm like, well, Spotlight already does this. But then as you look further, they have things like window management, clipboard history, snippets, um, which is stuff that Spotlight does not do. Right. Unless I checked. Right. So um, so it's like Spotlight Plus, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to see. Which of the three of us winds, which of our community, not just the three of us, which of any yeah. of us, uh, you know, winds up coming back in a, in a couple of weeks or a couple of months and says, OK, so Raycast has changed my life and here's how, you know. So thank thank you for the heads up on this, Doug. I know it has changed your life. He says uh, it uh, you can set aliases for specific files and folders as well as apps. It also does things like text expansion, runs user defined scripts. There are commands that let you move and resize your windows quickly from the keyboard as well. Oh, okay. Uh, he says, for instance, command space left half will move the active window to the left half of the screen. He says, I'm new to it, and I like it so far. I was kind of hoping that one of your team knew it, and I'd learn some tips. Yeah, okay, so here we are. <laughs> yep, Doug sees the power. I like it. Cool. Thanks for that. I had never heard of that before. It's clearly been around for a while. So Very cool. Um, more on that, or am I moving to, to MeshNet from NordVPN? Yeah. NordVPN adds this uh, thing called MeshNet Jim shares with us. And uh, he says, uh, it, it, it's interesting. It, it looks like what they've done is added tail scale type functionality to this and my guess is they're using WireGuard at the core just like tailscale is uh, the idea behind meshnet uh the way nord describes it is that you can think of your meshnet as a decentralized or do-it-yourself virtual private network that you create using nordvpn and then private devices of nordvpn users you trust so instead of connecting to a server managed and configured by nord you can form encrypted peer-to-peer -peer connections, essentially, with devices that you or your friends own. Uh, I, I, if I'm under, I didn't use NordVPN uh, this weekend, but I was, I mentioned I was away this weekend, and I have Tailscale installed on all of my 
on on the devices that matter. I have it installed on uh, the Macs that I use and my disk stations. And what's amazing about Tailscale is I didn't have to connect to any kind of VPN or anything. I just make sure Tailscale is running on my laptop. And from the terminal, I wanted to log into my uh, Synology disk station to check something. And so I just typed SSH disk station and boom, I was connected to my Synology disk station, which is the same command I would run when I was at home, except I wasn't at home. I was in a hotel room down in, uh, you know, Westfield mass or something. And it just works. It's, it's like you're on, it's a distributed LAN, if you will. And it's amazing how simple and smooth it is. And, and it's WireGuard at the core that, that does this. And then TailScale sort of built their implementation on top of it. The, they, they have a free version, which is all I was using for TailScale. Um, and, and, and it, you know, it just, it works with your own devices. If you want to use other people's devices, like if John, you and I wanted to have a, you know, if I wanted to invite you into this, then, then we would pay TailScale. Or it sounds like we would pay NordVPN and use their implementation that they're calling MeshNet. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Is it, it is it a web interface or is it is it working like within your Finder now? You've, you've got your Synology in the left bar of your Finder, like you're at home. I, I could do it that way, yes. Yeah. I okay. I don't I, – so – it is it is not a web interface. It is a network level interface. Okay. Um I would not recommend trying to mount a network volume remotely because it's just going to be super slow and okay. super frustrating. Uh so I wouldn't do that, but you could. Okay. I, you know, I I've, okay. I I've tried it before and it's just like, oh yeah, man, it's like super slow. Because uh, when I need files that are only on my Synology from the road, yes. then I just log in to my Synology yeah, and, and do the web interface for them. And that's so. going to be the most efficient way to do okay. that, especially on, you know, crappy hotel Wi-Fi or, or sure. whatever. Right. But, but yes, you could, it, it is a network layer interface. So it just made it so that I was on this, this sort of virtual LAN, if you will. Okay. And I know okay. that we have VLANs and that's different, <laughs> but, yeah. but, it, but it's, it's essentially a distributed LAN, if you will. Right. Where, where, yeah, it just, it just works. So yeah, that's, that, that's, I mean, it's, we're talking about, or this started because NordVPN added it, but I'll also put TailScale in there since we've talked so much about TailScale too. Um, but yeah, TailScale, it's amazing. It, it, it just, it just works and I can leave it running all the time. It doesn't negatively impact anything. It just, it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. And then for example, I, I, if you want to tunnel out of from via your home network, I can choose, I, you know, I, I, while I was away, I said, okay, use my disk station as my exit node. And now all my traffic ran through my disk station. So it was as though I was connecting to, you know, other places from home, but, but you don't have to do that. You can just be on whatever network you're on and then also have this access to your, to your devices, which is, it's, it's kind of like magic. Which I really like. Nice. I know. Yeah, it's cool. That's cool. Fun stuff. I, I, yeah. Go ahead, John. No, that was me. Oh, that was you, Pete. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say it looked like I was. I was trying to. <laughs> speaking of awkward transitions, <laughs> <laughs> have you messed with looks- Tailscale yet, John? No. Okay. I I I think you would like it. I think it would be yeah. I, I, like 
it's it's pretty cool how how things just work. In fact, I would set it up before you go away to MaxTalk this coming weekend. Uh, and then that way you've got Tailscale and you can just access your you – know, I would put it on, on your disk station and I would put it on your Mac Mini so that you've got it on two devices that are just on your network. And if you need to connect to either one of them for SSH or for remote access, it's just – it's right there. Easy, easy, easy peasy. Doesn't matter yeah. where you are. I got a few days before yeah. I'm leaving, but I typically, when I do need to access my network remotely, I either use OpenVPN um, or Synology's, um, uh, what's it called? Their, their VPN server. Yeah. Or their DDNS. Um Right. Let's me get into my network. So if I have a need to get into my network, like, I mean, the typical use, I think, for most people, especially traveling, is, hey, I want to watch my movies, and they're on my Synology. So how do I do that? Well, you wouldn't need a VPN for that, right? You can just use Plex or yes, uh, right, right. or Video Station, and that will just connect without a VPN. But that's what I'm saying. The nice part about TailScale is it keeps you from having to to connect to a VPN and change your network config just mm-hmm. to access a device, with Tailscale, you just access the device as though you were at home. It doesn't matter. That's the beauty. It's just, it's always there. And it, it stays out of the way until you just go to access the device. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's right here. But just like it always is. doesn't matter where you are. It's always right there. It's cool. It's, it's really a cool thing. Yeah. All right. One last cool stuff found that I found this week is... This new, uh, speaking of travel, it's called the, it's from Skosh, and it is the PowerVolt Traveler 30. It is a 30-watt uh, USB-C power delivery outlet, either able to plug into a AC outlet, like a US two-prong AC outlet, or you flip open the other side of it, and you can plug it into a 12-volt uh, DC car outlet, which we used to call cigarette lighter outlets, but I, I don't know if anybody calls them that anymore. Kids, you can ask your parents about, about those things. Uh, I don't think but it, only if you're over 18. Right. I know 21 <laughs> here in New Hampshire. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Do, yeah. do cars even offer that anymore? Or is it all USB? Um, every now and then I, I shop for a new car and. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's one thing I look for is in cars, for sure. USB. So, so I don't think, uh, so newer cars don't have this. Uh, it, listen to what I'm saying. A hundred percent of cars have this. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And the nice part is because it's 12 volt DC, you can get 30 watts of USB-C power delivery mm-hmm. out of it, as opposed to the USB ports in a car, which will only give you five watts in right. most cases. So, yeah, no, that, that, yeah, it works great. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Cars, all cars have them. They don't have the cigarette lighters that used to go into them. They're just Power outlets. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got one. <laughs> I was digging around my junk drawer and found my one, but yeah. Oh, do you have a, I, I guess you could still buy a cigarette lighter, like insert for your Probably 12, could. 12 volt outlet. Like, I don't see why it would be different. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't do that in the car. So. Right. Right. Most, most of the, uh, most of the U S made trucks and, and actually some of the Japanese ones too, in the truck, level also have the inverters on there too so you can do your 120 volt ac yes Uh, more and more you're seeing i'm seeing 120 volt ac options in in automobiles in automobiles for sure yeah Yeah. yep 
I, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I've seen it in several rental cars recently. I don't have a car with it. Does your truck have it, Pete? It does. Yeah, I figured. I've got, in fact, I've got two. I've got one under the back seat and one right in the dashboard. Amazing. The, yeah, 120 volt AC outlet. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes a difference. Yep. It's nice. All right. We've got a bunch of questions and a tip. Actually, many tips to talk about. And we have three sponsors to talk about next, if that's okay with you, Mr. Braun. Sounds great. You know what's great? Being able to work from anywhere. I, we talk about it on the show all the time. I just need my laptop and decent Wi-Fi, maybe an extra screen. You know what's not so great? Being spread out across the country and trying to keep the team on the same page and focused on tasks. And that's why we love Coda. With teams working all across the country, if your best work is spread out across documents and spreadsheets and a stack of workflow tools you have to jump in and out of all day, you need Coda, the doc that brings it all together. Coda is endlessly customizable and connected. There are templates for anything and everything. In fact, we're working on one for questions here from Geekab. Product roadmap, remote onboarding, goal tracker, meeting notes, you name it, Coda has it. Coda adapts to growing teams and changing strategies. It can help change how you view information depending on what you need to do with it. And perhaps most importantly, Coda seamlessly integrates with all the tools you need. Everything in Coda is synced. Make an update in a table. It automatically shows up everywhere. No more trying to rely on copy and paste to keep linchpin projects current. Your team can operate on the same information and collaborate the way we all want to quickly and efficiently. With Coda, you can solve for just about anything. And right now you can get started having your team all working together on the same page for free. Head over to coda.io slash MGG. That's C-O-D-A dot I-O to get started for free. Coda.io slash MGG. And our thanks to Coda for sponsoring this episode. You know, there were some silver linings to being locked down at home. And one of them I started to realize now that I've been traveling again. And that's how much I love my Helix mattress at home because I don't have one of those when I travel. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. That's why my mattress is perfect for me, because Lisa and I, we went through and we did the quiz. Everybody's unique and Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. Soft, medium and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size folks. When we took the quiz, we were matched with the Midnight Mattress. It's fantastic. It really is. And I took it for granted until I started having to sleep in other mattresses. And man, never again will I take that for granted. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz. You order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Just go to helixsleep.com slash MGG. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash MGG. Our thanks to Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode. Next up is Collide at K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash M-G-G. 
Traditional endpoint security tools can make your workplace feel like a surveillance state, turning users and the IT team into adversaries and ultimately drive your employees to work on unsecured personal devices. It doesn't have to be this way. Collide is a device security solution built around honest security. Their philosophy is that employees aren't your biggest security risk. They are your biggest allies. And your relationship with your employees should be based on transparency and informed consent. Collide works by notifying your employees of security issues via Slack and giving them step-by-step instructions on how to resolve them themselves. For IT and security teams, Collide provides the right level of visibility for Mac, Windows, and Linux devices, and it can answer questions about your fleet security that traditional MDMs simply can't. You can meet your security goals without compromising your values. Visit collide.com slash MGG to find out how. If you do follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash M-G-G. And our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. All right. Uh, Kenny. Kenny kind of beat me to the punch on this. Actually, I was going to cue something like this up. Kenny says, um, my son Andrew is getting married in August in Italy. My wife and I will be over there for a week. We have Apple AirTags on our home and car keys, and they work great. Like you, I'm a convert from Tile. Tile worked fine. Apple AirTags works way better. So I'm thinking of ordering another four-pack for our luggage. Would you suggest sticking the AirTags inside the luggage somewhere or putting them on a loop and hanging it off the handle. The two issues are security. Are we better off having a nefarious scumbag knowing there is an air tag or not? Second, if we opt to put it inside the luggage, would that impede the ability of the air tags to connect to local iPhones, etc.? Thanks for your thoughts. Yeah, like I said, I was going to put this in the show anyway because I've recently been through an experience <laughs> with air tags. I have always put a tile in my luggage and I switched that to an AirTag just like Kenny. Uh, we have found that putting them inside luggage, literally in the middle of the bag, I, I wind up using uh, when I check a bag. I, I have now started using these hard shell bags that are kind of like the away style bag. And the easiest place to put an AirTag in the middle or in in the bag is in like the zipper compartment, which happens to now sit right literally in the middle of the bag. And it has not been a problem at all for scanning. Uh, when we went to Greece recently, we all put them in our checked bags. And it's such a it's so there's so much peace of mind that comes from land, when the plane lands, you turn on your phone, you look find my and boom. Now you can see that your bag has landed with you or that it has not. not. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then um, I, it, m- most recently, my daughter went to Canada for a couple of weeks and on her way back, she connected through Montreal. Now, it, it, this is a weird thing that I don't quite understand. And it's somewhat tangential. In fact, it's 100 percent tangential. But evidently coming back to the U.S., she, she flew from uh, Calgary to Montreal to Boston. She went through. U.S. immigration and customs in Montreal, which just seems weird to me because, you know, you're not on U.S. soil yet, but that's that's how it does it. Yeah. Yeah. And her bag was delayed getting off of her first flight 
And it was so delayed that she realized she was likely going to miss her flight if she waited for it. So she talked to the, you know, the custom agent and said, hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm willing to, to leave my bag and go. And they said, great. And they gave her whatever pass she needed to be able to get on the plane without having gone through customs with her bag. And they said, but your bag might still make it. Like, okay, fine. So she gets on the plane. She flies to Boston. Uh, she goes up to, as soon as she gets to Boston, she goes to the the baggage desk and says, hey, uh, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, I think my bag was left in Montreal. I need to give you my address so that you can bring it to my house once it gets here to, to Boston. And they said, yeah, go wait until the baggage carousel. It might have made it. So go wait until the baggage carousel has finished doing all of its stuff and then come back and get in line and and we can fill it out. And she started to walk away and I said, wait, 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 check Find My. And she looked and in Find My, it showed that 20 minutes prior, her bag uh, was found, you know, was located in Montreal. And so I said, show them that. And she they she did. And they were like, oh, OK, we can process your thing right now. By the time we finished processing that thing, the line was 30 minutes long. And there was no way her bag was going to magically appear on that luggage rack if she had waited uh, so knowing where it was and they even told her, they said, great, uh, you'll get text messages as your bag sort of makes its journey from Montreal to Boston to your house. But your air tag is going to tell you a lot more than our system will. And so they said, really, what you should do is just keep checking that. And yeah. uh, and sure enough. Yeah, it was great. It, it's it's I mean, it's never great to lose luggage or, or be forced to leave it behind in in her case. But knowing where it is is huge. A friend of mine, uh, speaking of Italy, I think it was Venice where she knew that her luggage was still in the, you know, the baggage warehouses at the airport uh, only because of her air tag. And the airline was not going to look for her bag anymore. They were just going to declare it lost. She's like, no, it's here. And they they walked through huge like you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark style cavernous it warehouses until finally she's like, wait, it like I'm seeing it. And I think it's on the other side of this locked door. And they opened this door and it was this tiny little room off of the warehouse. And sure enough, there was her bag. It's like, yep. She, ne awesome. she never would have seen it if it weren't for the air tag. So absolutely. The best twenty nine bucks you can spend is to put an air tag in your luggage. And I know it's easy to just take the air tag that you use for your keys or whatever and say that you're going to go put that in your luggage. But I can tell you when you're packing for a trip and you know, the, the mayhem of all of that, especially if you're not traveling regularly, you will often forget to, to put that thing in your luggage. It has happened to me. It's happened to people in my family and we are geeks. So now we just have air tags that live in our suitcases and it's a fantastic investment. So, yeah. Yeah, I've got one on my keys, my AirPod case, my backpack for work. <laughs> here's one. Yeah, here's one. I have glued one to my drone. Oh, that's super smart, Pete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if it ever goes down. You've got a better can, chance of finding it. I've got it. a better shot of finding it. I'll know roughly where it went down and I can go find it with my phone. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, perhaps a relevant tangent. Okay. Of course. Me here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you entertain me on my relevant tangent. It's only fair. <laughs> right on. But the thing that I've seen, and actually we had an article come up in our local uh, patch, which is a local news service. Um, 
the incidence of people finding air tags put on something of theirs, like their car, or well, I, I think that's the, the most common one here. But we've had a couple of reports in the area where somebody all of a sudden gets an air tag piggybacking on their car or whatever. Uh, the, the iPhone, for the most part, I think, or find my uh, ecosystem will warn you of this. It's like, Hey, I see an air tag and it's not yours. So, uh, are you okay with that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I think Apple is doing the best that they can to, uh, prevent this. Yeah. yeah we, yeah, we, we discussed it briefly in pre-show, but last night my daughter went to work and borrowed my truck because her kid brother, uh, whole mother, kid brother took her, tr- her car and boy, was that an issue? Anyway, she went to work she came home last night and goes, Dad, do you have an air tag on your keys? Yes, I do. She goes, oh, good, because it didn't warn me on the way to work that I had an air tag following me, but it, it warned me as I pulled in the driveway, and I thought, oh, that's nice. Now that I'm at home, <laughs> I get the warning. So, But at least it does warn you. Yeah, hey, there's an air tag here that's not yours, and it's transmitting. So, Yeah. 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 I, it, yes. It, it's it. I'm glad Apple added that, that functionality pretty quickly after yeah. AirTags became a thing. Yeah. 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 I, I did want to address Kenny's question about where to put them. Like I said, you know, in the middle of luggage has not been an issue. Uh, I I have, you know, uh, I think it was spec that sent me a bunch of AirTag capable luggage tags, like like an external luggage tag that you could put an AirTag into. I've I'm hesitant to do that only because I I use, you know, dangling luggage tags on on some of my suitcases. And a few times I've seen them get stuck and caught in the, uh, you know, baggage claim machines, if you'll call it that, and and rip it off or whatever. And I don't care when that happens. In fact, I've watched it rip them off before. I just don't want my air tag to get ripped off. Uh, either intentionally or unintentionally. <laughs> and and so, yeah, I just leave it inside the, the bag and it hasn't been an issue, uh, like I said, for for um, for being able to, you know, quote unquote, see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you in in that uh, I, I don't want to tempt people to steal it because, yeah, I, I have those enclosures as well. And it's like, should I put it on the handle of my suitcase? Well, then people will see it there and they're like, hey, let me steal it. Well, and stealing so, an AirTag wouldn't make any sense. It would more because because you would know where it was like you can't mm-hmm. they, they couldn't assign the AirTag to themselves. It would be right. more that if they were going to steal your bag, they could yeah. cut it off of there. But I'm not even worried about that as much as I am just it getting pulled off be, because, you know, luggage is tossed around. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, yeah. it's yeah, it's, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm amazed at some of the damage <laughs> that my bags have gone through and or, you know, same. It's like, how did that handle get ripped off? It was tucked away, but yeah. okay. It's um, funny. I, you know, I have um, cases for my, my drums and my cymbals yeah. and people always often, if they're going to offer to help me like move my, my drums from like the stage to the car, or the car to the stage. They're like, is it, is it okay if these like bang against each other? And all I tell them is, yeah, I've checked these as luggage before, or I've, I've shipped them as UPS before. So yeah, I trust these cases <laughs> because you have to. Yeah. So do either of you know, I don't think you can, if an air tag's been assigned, I don't think you can disable it, steal no. it and disable it with, by pulling the battery and trying to put it back together. It, it I was thinking it. the same thing, my friend. Okay. No, yeah. no. Cause it's, it's yeah. tied to the serial number of the, of the air tag. 
it, it it'll <sighs> it'll check in with Apple's system, and that's the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. Until you release, and you it, can't it, reset it. No, that's I mean, the whole point. Like, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. 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 I mean, you. Right. Like, I, I thought there was a. Uh, you could pull the battery. Pete's thought. I thought there was a way to reset it. Yeah. Like by removing the battery. Well, if you remove the battery, then it's not going to function anymore. Right. Right. But uh, okay. But it will still be associated with your account. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. 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 It's the beauty of it. <sighs> Fun yeah. stuff. I, yeah. I highly recommend it. Go. You know that. I know there there were some deals on it for Amazon Prime Day, which has now passed. But um, but you know, ninety nine bucks for a four pack of Air Tags, and then yep. that, that's what I did for the family. And it was just like, all right, here's everyone for your suitcase. And I think one of one of the family members here was like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking actually of putting it in my backpack. I'm like, that goes in your suitcase. We'll, we'll buy you, you another uh, one for your backpack. Didn't you find your bag in the middle of the airplane in the luggage hold once day you know i i have or you know someone who may have no no I, no I, bluetooth is legal to use on airplanes yeah, Pete, this uh, is true yes, I, it is. I can i can admit to this Fair I, enough. I did um i don't think i've ever found it with an air tag though i've found it many times with tile um but i yeah what i would do is if i was bored on the flight which often happens because you know they don't let me fly so what else am i going to do yeah, right. uh I would just walk up and down the, you know, the aisles of the plane with my phone out and often find my bag and be like, okay, I know it's on the plane with me. I, I, I've tried it a couple of times with my air tags and I, I don't think I've successfully found it, Pete, but okay. and maybe, maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't sweat it anymore. I, you know, I have to, we all have to learn how to live with ourselves. Right. And, uh, and, and, and I am someone who can very easily get myself very anxious about uh, lots of different things. Once that plane has taken off, it does not matter where my bag is, right? It only matters. Like, there's nothing I'm going to do about it. Even if I have Wi-Fi on the plane, like, what am I going to do? Like, oh, I thought you were just doing it to see. You yeah, know, no, no. Going to see it, but yeah, yeah. I like I said, I do it sometimes. Just like I said, if I'm bored, but yeah. it, it, that is not helpful information for me yeah, in those moments. Um, For what it's worth, even when you're driving, sometimes you get bored. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that does happen. Yes, there's, that's what they say aviation is anyway. Ninety nine percent boredom, one percent sheer terror. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't. Uh, well, you 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 don't fly passengers, so I, I, I try I not need, to. I don't need to give you this. <laughs> that's true. If you're flying passengers. There's an issue. Yeah, yeah that's not, right. Not intentionally. Yeah. Not intentionally. Every now and then I get an animal handler or something. Sure. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. interesting. Like I, uh, my people ask me what is why I've, I've flown two really interesting animals. One was a chimpanzee. Okay. One the Detroit Zoo. And the other was a Sumatran tiger. Wow. Samson, the Sumatran tiger. He was a beautiful cat too. Huh. But uh, he was much more calm and, and relaxed than the chimpanzee was. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Fascinating. Fascinating. That's yeah, amazing. You do neat stuff like that. If you want to learn, if you want to hear more stories about Pete and his air adventures, the uh, the podcast So There I Was at uh, .us. So There I Was .us is, uh, right. is Pete's new show. So, yeah, go check it out. We're having fun with it. Next show is going to be 10. We try to release them on Thursdays. Uh, now that I'm going back to work after some medical time off, uh, mm. it's getting tighter and more difficult to record. But, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah Dennis next. Last show was uh, episode nine. Yeehaw, just uh, oh, I screwed it up. Yeehaw, Pester's dead. 
So this guy uh, jumped out of an F-14. His call sign was Pester. And uh, you got to hear hear why. Um, they, they thought he didn't make it. And when they found out he had, wow. it was the joke in the squadron was, yeehaw, Pester's dead. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Well, see, this is what happens with 99% boredom, 1% sheer terror. Right. Get interesting stories. And so. some macabre sense of humor. So I can I, or, sort of has to go with the. the yeah. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. It's, it's what we do. But we're having fun with it. We really are. So we hope you'll join us. At, uh, so there I was. us. You want to take us to Brian, Mr. Braun? Um, the last thing I want to do is just mention, because I've had experience with this, is um, a nice alternative to the AirTag is the Chipolo. Um. They offer tags, um, location tags, like a lot of other companies, but they are compatible with Find My. Kind of. They don't support the ultra-wideband location thing, but they will support the location thing. My, my issue with the Chipolo stuff, because I have one of these, is that oh, okay. it, it was expen- more expensive than an AirTag and less functional. Mm. So uh, it, Yes, I, I, I agree it's less functional. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know, I, I, for for certain, you may want to look at it. Um. What What's the benefit? I like. I I would love to love these people, but I don't understand what the why you would um, buy this instead of an AirTag. I when I bought mine, and I think I got like Apple. They offer a four pack. I got a four pack, but the thing is, I got a deal uh, through whatever coupon code or something like that. So it actually cost me less. Okay, but no, I agree with you. It offers less functionality. Yeah. But it is part of the Find My network. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I and just, they yeah. offer different form factors, um, which is kind of nice. And pretty colors, where apples, you don't get pretty colors. Sure. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, so you can buy a... Uh, uh, oh, they have like a little card thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But even still, that's three, two cards and, and one little like round one. And it's $83. Yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, the benefit. Okay, the benefit here, and I'm looking at their page right now. Here's the benefit. Um, when it beeps, it's 120 decibels. You will not be not able to find it. All right. So it's louder. There you go. Okay. So if you want one that <laughs> screams at you, then sure. <laughs> maybe this is a better choice. But sure. Just thought I'd mention it because yeah. I, I like it. Um, I still use uh, AirTag as my primary yeah. locator. Yeah. But I've. You know, I figure to check it out and, you know, sure. does what it says. Yeah. So that's my feature request for Apple is the credit card size. Yep. Air tag. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Chipolo does that. Chipolo Kyle, fills that need. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Kyle does that, Chipolo. Um, yep. Because, man, that's 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 a nice feature to have. Yep. 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 Ah, but then, okay, now, uh, moving along on to Brian. So we got some good feedback here. So Brian says... On Mac Geek Ab 936, you talked about replacing your Intel machine with an M1. I've been using an M1 Air from February 2021. Our chorus has been meeting on Zoom, and I have been using my Behringer XR18 mixer to serve my audio and our learning tracks into Zoom. I also have been multi-track recording with our X32, usually 19 or 20 tracks. Wow. Sounds like he's a pro here. Um, as well as mastering them after. I've had no problem with it throttling down or overheating. It is definitely a go with the M1 for your production. Nice. That's good to hear. Um, 
So it's good to hear. Uh, the, the thing is, uh, uh, in my mind, because not that it's all about me, Dave, but it is. No. Um, but but the air has, uh, I remember, especially years back when you would come down and we go to the show and stuff like that, you had an air and the fans on that thing would spin up and it was just like, and I think it also had a relatively wimpy processor, but the M1 and the M2 changes all that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there is no fan in it anymore, which is great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's uh so excellent feedback. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. I know. Yeah, I I just need to decide what I want for the studio here and listener Craig shares an interpretation that might put the pause button on for me a little bit. He says, uh I was carefully listening to a recent podcast with Ross Young, who is a notable display analyst. Ross has a very good track record and is not a professional leaker. While stitching together several of the things that he said, especially when talking about larger screens being developed for Apple, and a comment about being perfect for an all-in-one, and almost a throwaway comment he made about current branding now embracing studio naming, I believe we will see a large-screen iMac, with MX, uh, you know, M whatever Pro or M whatever Max configurations, sometime sometime on a timeline of one to three years that will be called the iMac Studio. Pensacola Craig asked that we remember him fondly and that we heard it here first. So he might be right about that. That like uh, the idea of an iMac Studio, I like that's interesting, huh? Right? Yeah. When they uh, when they beefed up the iMac a few years ago. Uh, the the iMac was, Pro, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a uh, that was a screaming machine, and and was very close to the Mac Pro. Yes. Huh. So. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't think I think he's right on the timeline. If it's going to come out, it's not going to be you know the not, fall, not September. No, I don't. Well, they they want <laughs> to let September. <laughs> they want to let the Mac Studio sort of settle into the market before they put something right next to it in terms of competition. Like, do you want the Mac studio and the display? Do you want an all in one? Cause I, I would go for the all in one here in the studio. Cause I need, I, I would need them. If I bought a Mac studio, I'd need to buy a display and I need to buy an expensive one because I'm really used to Apple's 5k screens. <laughs> so yeah, fun stuff. Thank you. Pensacola Craig. I like this idea. The iMac studio. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. When can we order? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. Sign me up. Take my money. Can we pre-order now? <laughs> yeah. When will it be on refurb? <sighs> anyway, you want to take us to Stefan, John? Will do. Um, time and time again, I encounter the following issue. I get a notification that an update for an app from the Mac App Store is available. But when I open its page and press the update button, installation gets stuck. The update button is disabled and a rotating cogwheel displays but that's it in this situation i turn to clean my mac in its updater section it displays a list of apps where an update is available uh, i select the app in question and press update um, clean my mac will ask for my apple id then install the update without failure i have no idea what clean my mac does better than apple's own update mechanism but so far it has worked every time um and I think I know what they're doing, Dave, especially with this breadcrumb of asking for your Apple ID. Um, when I've run into this issue, um, and I've run into it both on my Mac and on my iOS device, um, 
sometimes what works, uh, and at least on the Mac side, is go to App Store, Account, Purchases, and then there's going to be all the apps that you have, and then there's a little dot, dot, dot in a circle. Uh, choose the Delete option, and then reinstalling the app will work. So I guess that's what they're doing and why they ask for your Apple ID. Um, on my iPhone, when something doesn't update, I just delete the app and re-download it, and that usually does it. But um, I don't know if you guys have run into this, but every now and then I do. Yeah, I, I have, I, for sure, I've, I've run into this. Yeah, this is, I've been looking at, at Clean My Mac's site here, and it talks about uh, how it can reset applications. When an app misbehaves, you can easily reset it right in the uninstaller. It's a proven method to fix freeze-ups and synchronization issues. Resetting an app brings it back to its initial state, and most importantly, never affects your user-created data. Huh. I didn't even know this was a feature in there. Wow. Nice find, Mr. Braun. Yeah. That's an amazing app, huh? Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That thing has saved me terabytes of space over the years, too. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. Cool. All right. More on that, or is it time to uh, talk to listener John? Sure. All right. Listener John. Good stuff, John. Yeah, thanks, man. Wow. Like that now I'm I, I want to go and mess with clean my Mac. Uh listener John says uh, uh Sorry. We, we were talking in episode nine thirty-six about how a, another listener wanted to sync their uh many of their folders amongst their Macs, including the downloads. And listener John says if you go on iOS and enable downloads to iCloud. Then you will have a download folder in iCloud and you can point your Mac to download to that folder too. And that will sync all of your downloads via iCloud and not have to use any third party apps. Interesting. So you'd have to enable this first in on your phone and set it to download to iCloud drive. And then from there, you're good to go. That's interesting. Huh? Never, uh, Never thought of it that way. I, I love this stuff. It's great. Interesting. 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 Cool. Thanks for that. Listen to John. Good stuff. All right. Now, Dave, yes. riddled me this. I'll riddle. I'm riddling. <laughs> I, don't know. I think I have. And maybe a geek With challenge. Red and white and black all over or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't able to get an answer to this question. So. The other day I was entering or I wanted to enter a note in notes, which, as most of you know, is the app that you can run both on your Mac and your iOS devices. Uh, and it syncs to the cloud and it lets you share notes. And it's like, that's nice. I typically use it. I mean, I used to use stickies. You guys remember that? Oh, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I use notes to kind of store reminders or maybe sometimes temporary passwords because it crosses all my devices. Uh, so that's useful. So the other day on my Mac, uh, I had a need to store some data. And so I opened notes and the new note icon was gray. I'm like, huh? What? Yeah. 
It was gray. It wouldn't let me create a new note. And I'm like, well, that's rude. <laughs> right. So how many notes do you have? Um, well, here's the thing. So number one, how do you find out how many notes you have? And I haven't found an easy way to do that. So I have so one. I, I count, so I counted my notes, Dave. Well, I, have I, have an, about... I have an easy way to, to do that for you. Mm -hmm. Go oh, to, okay. yeah, go to the uh, view menu and choose for you probably show note count. There so, you go. Uh, open up notes, choose show note count. And you show in note, show note. I do not see. Okay. Uh, so the ah, first no, hide note count. Oh, okay. Oh, go. no, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you. All You're right. welcome. So I had I'm it disabled. More than me. I, I had it disabled on, on my sure. MacBook, but sure. it's enabled on, on my, this machine. Sure. On this machine. Yeah. Uh, 296. That could be the problem. But the thing is, I couldn't get a clear answer, and I searched far and wide as to what criteria is used to limit your notes. The, some people suggest that, oh, maybe it has to do with how much iCloud you sp space you have or how much oh. free space you have on your machine. But I couldn't get a clear answer. Yeah, because so I don't think 200. Knows, I don't think 296 is the. In fact, I'm certain that 296 yeah. is not the number. I, I I have more notes than that. So, um. But are you out of iCloud storage? No. Okay. And uh, both on my Mac, my Mac has several gigabytes free, not as much as I'd want. I still got to figure that out. But um, no, my iCloud, I'm on the, uh, I think, the 200 plan. Okay. And yeah, okay. Looking right now, I think I got, yeah, I got 63 gigabytes free. Okay. So, huh. and was this the case when you couldn't create a new note on one Mac? Was the other Mac acting the same way? Uh, I did did not research that. Ah, so. okay. So that would be the thing to check is check another Mac or another another mm -hmm. device of any kind, right? Your iPhone, another Mac, because that would help you narrow down where that problem is. Because yeah, if mm -hmm. there is a maximum number of notes, it's not two ninety six. Right. <laughs> yeah. I would think 4032 or some number like that. But Yeah, but know, even then, like. Yeah, it's a lot. That's, yeah. that's not a lot, I guess. It's not a lot. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking at discussions.apple.com, nothing. No. Uh, yeah. I, nobody I, knows. It's a mystery. It, like, can you create a new one now? Like, did the problem magically go away? Well, I deleted one and then I could add a new one. And so. then after you, after you added a new one, could you add a second new one? Um, I'll get back to you on that. Okay, because that would be like the the way to test to see like are you somehow limited to yeah. two hundred ninety six notes? Yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting. The, the, so, the engineers at, at Apple decided that John F. Braun yeah. needed no more than two ninety six. That's right. They saw how you yeah. were using notes and decided, yeah, no, no, no this yeah. isn't going to work. <laughs> I mean, there are. I did find articles talking about restrictions on like number of attachments and 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 stuff like that, but. No, it just surprised me because it's like, why is this icon broken? Why can't I create a new note? So, yeah, I don't anybody think, knows. I don't think you're feedback. A, yeah, there you go. At MacGeekGab.com. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Say that three times fast. Easy for you to say. I, you know, <laughs> I've been saying it for 17 years, Pete, and yeah. uh, like it rolls off the tongue now unless I stop to think about how to enunciate those words. And then it like, it's like I hit a brick wall. Well, yeah. that's how I started with feedback. So, right. 
Right. Yeah. Thanks for that. We still have yeah. people sending to that. Yeah. That address. <laughs> Glad to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. Really like to have to create that address. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. Let's go to James, shall we? Let's do it. We shall. We shall. Yeah. This is a bit of a head scratcher, at least for me, but maybe not for you. Um, I have an N1 Mac mini with several external USB disks attached to an OWC dock. Several times a week, I will get a disk disconnected message. So far, the disks have automatically reconnected. I frequently run disk first aid, and so far, no problems have been detected. If I have everything connected to a UPS and there have been no errors logged by it, can you give me some guidance? Um, I'll try. <laughs> or we'll try. Um, First off, uh, uh, the first question I would have is the drive that disconnects consistent or random? So that, that would be step one. Um, it, it could still be a power issue. Um, I, I don't think so with a UPS, but maybe it still is. Um, but try a different power cord or adapter. I, I'm not sure what type of drive that you have. Um, but that's another thing. It could, it could be a power issue, but I, I think not. Um, another thing is look at system preferences, battery, oddly enough, uh, power adapter and make sure put hard disks to sleep when possible is off. And on his, on his Mac mini, that would, that would be system preferences, energy saver, ah, right. uh, power adapter. Cause that you, you, you were, I'm, I'm assuming you were on your laptop when you, Yes. At this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it, with a with a desktop Mac, it's called Energy uh, Saver. Oh, you're right. Energy Saver. Yep. 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 Okay. So yeah, power. So put hard disk to sleep and on all my machines it's off. Um depending on the drive, maybe it's uh, maybe the drive is designed to do this. So check with the vendor and see if they have a firmware update. Oh yeah. Um also, some drives offer an auxiliary utility that can allow you to set things like when the drive sleeps. So, see if that's it. Yeah. I, um, I, oh, go ahead. And Sorry. lastly, it could be a flaky cable. So, I don't know where you got your USB cable, but try a different USB cable. Uh, sometimes they break or they get worn out. Yep. Or they're just not that great. <laughs> Uh, ooh, ooh, C, C. <laughs> yeah, I have. I was John. That's. I think. I think you're spot on with that last one there. I have this little adapter. I'm, I'm holding it up now for the for the YouTube audience, and it it's a USB C plugs in, and it gives me my USB and my uh, USB C, my SD card, even HDMI mm -hmm. on the end, that sort of thing. What, what's the my, brand name of of the adapter? This, there, it looks like Vava V A V A. Okay. We'll share it. Um, it's yeah, a little dongle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little dongle. USB-C plugs in. And um, uh, I, I had another one that was similar, except instead of a cord off of it, it had two USB prongs that plugged into the side of my uh, MacBook Pro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those. And me. those, that one was terrible. And I was constantly having drives disconnect that were connected through that. And it just, you just a little jiggle on that thing, and and it was a bad connection. So yep. I think it's a bad connection or a flaky cable or something. This thing has been rock solid, so uh, I've gone to that. I, John, I also think your instinct about it being power is is I wouldn't I wouldn't dismiss that 
as as quickly. Yes, he's on a UPS, but like you said, if his power supply for the for the drive is bad, then it doesn't matter if that power supply has consistent power, right? If the if the supply is not providing consistent power from there to the drive, doesn't matter that it's on a UPS, right? Like so Right. And I much prefer devices that use I'm trying to remember the name, but it's a direct connection. So it plugs into the wall and then the other end is it a type A power cord? I I don't remember the proper designations, but it's basically a power cord that plug one end plugs in the wall and the other plugs into the thing. And it's not, uh, as we fondly call them, a wall wart. Those are prone to failure as well. well I mean, it's the same, though. A, a, a drive is a drive. And so whether the power supply is internal to the case that also contains the drive or external to the case that contains the drive, it's I mean, you're still going to have a mm. um, I mean, it's it's going to have some sort of uh, something that that transforms 120 volt AC down to, you know, the five volts that, right. a, that a drive requires. So, I mean, honestly, I kind of like the external power supply, because if something goes wrong with the power supply, you can replace it. Um, and mm. I, right. Whereas if it's a direct connect. Yeah, no, I if it's a direct connect. The power supply is still there. It's just baked inside and maybe more difficult to replace. So, um, mm. yeah, I, but yes, cable. Or, I mean, just the drive. I, I, I also, my first instinct, and it's because I deal with these problems, so, you know, we all see things through our own lenses, but my first instinct was, is this a sleep issue? Like, it, it, because there's so many issues with Monterey and drives and just devices not coming back the right way when a, when, uh, a Mac wakes from sleep that I have turned off sleep on my desktop Macs. I let the display sleep, but, um, but I, don't, I don't let the the max sleep anymore. And it's kind of a bummer because I pay for electricity and a electricity prices are going up here in New Hampshire and, and B because they're in my office. I have to pay commercial rates because we don't have a bathroom in this building. That's, that's what we deal with here in New Hampshire folks. It's hmm. weird. Yep. If it was, if there was a bathroom here, I could call it residential. So that's fun. Yep. Yep. Ah, but anyway, that's where we're at. Um, yeah, good stuff. Where where are we at on time? Yeah, about an hour fifteen. Yeah, I think it's actually. I think it's time. It turns out it's time. Oh, it's, it's one the, of those the, times. The time has come. My, the walrus said, to talk of many things. I weep for you. That's, <laughs> what's what's the first line of something in sealing wax of cabbages and kings? What what am I? What's what's the oh. line I'm missing? The time has come, the walrus said, to speak of many things, of mm, yeah, I had um, wax, of cabbages and kings. I, I had know. some cherry stones oh, the other delicious. day. Cherry stones are delicious. Mm. That's that's one of the benefits of living in New England, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned that cherry stones are actually steamers, just bigger. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's it's lots the of things. species, because yes. I was like... Because a friend of mine was like, are you sure those are cherry stones and not steamers? And I'm like, yeah, hold on. And the bag said cherry stone. Yeah. So uh, of shoes and ships and sealing wax is the line I'm missing. The time has come, the walrus said, to talk of many things. Of shoes and ships and sealing wax, of cabbages and kings, and why the sea is boiling hot and whether pigs have wings. I don't believe he scarfed all those 
oysters or whatever they were. The little guy did. Yeah. Yeah. Not the walrus. The carpenter. You know. And the pig got up and slowly walked away. But that's a different one. That's different. <laughs> you can tell a man who drinks by the by the company. Yeah. Oh, what is it? You can tell a man who drinks by the company he keeps. And the pig got up and slowly walked away. Something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yes, yes. Similar, similar rhythm uh, yeah. to those things. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fun. Well, this is what you get, folks, when we do this on a Monday morning instead of a Friday morning. <laughs> evidently. Evidently. Now I have to go. Like, usually on Friday, I, I publish a show. But if I'm hungry or whatever, uh, I can I can wait and, like, go eat lunch and then come back and publish a show. Today, like, it's got to get out. So yeah. just got to do it. Gotta it's do it boozes. Sorry, boozes. You boozes. tell a man who boozes by the company he chooses. Oh. And the pig got up and slowly walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, folks, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for everything. Make sure to subscribe. Go to MacGeekCap.com. That's the place to do it. Or in your favorite app for podcasts. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll see you again next week. We'll, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Make sure to, uh, Make sure to sign up for our, our calendar there at MacGeekUp.com slash calendar. That'll tell you not only when we're recording these shows live, but also when we're doing our uh, Discord hangouts. Those are going to be fun. I, I, I see lots more of those in our future here. It's good to get the community together. And that's what Discord is. We're all there hanging out. John! Might you be able to share some advice with the listening audience that they wouldn't otherwise get? Um, I don't know. I, I kind of forget what the advice is, but, but I think Pete's on the ball here. Um, well, if you're on YouTube, you can see my shirt <laughs> front and center. Folks, it's simple. Don't get caught. Made up. And hey, go to MacGeekUp.com slash merch to get your own shirt. There you go.